Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Overcast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode we will bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this week's episode, we're joined by Chocolate's advisor Christy Watson to discuss the importance of tackling soil fertility. Christy starts by explaining why now is the ideal time to take soil samples on farms to determine the fertility stays and identify areas that need attention. Christy takes us through the soil sampling process, from our many samples per hectare to the correct collection method. We discussed the importance of acting on those results, with Christy highlighting the potential savings that can be made by reducing compound usage on high-index grazing ground this year. However, Christy highlights the need to make best use of slurry and farmyard manure on silage ground, highlighting the P and K offtake that occurs on an annual basis through harvest on silage and the impact that that can have on yields. We discussed the importance of linemen and why this is the first port call when addressing soil fertility issues. We start off, however, with Christy highlighting why taking soil samples is an excellent investment in farm productivity. Well, this year above any year, it's, it's important to know what the soil fertility level is on your farm. And I think maybe we should look at soil samples this year as a way of um, saving some money on fertilizer, particularly uh, to know whether or not you need lime on your farm. If the lime status is poor, it's going to be very difficult to get a response to very expensive fertilizer. Because you said, Christy, it's, it's an important thing to do every year, but particularly for farmers, maybe to have another before this is the year to do it. I suppose, Christy, it's by no coincidence we're doing this episode at this time of the year. In terms of timing of taking the samples, why is now the important thing to do it and what do we have to watch out for? Generally, uh, Kieran, what we'd recommend is at the minimum three months, uh, you don't sample for three months uh, since uh, fertilizer went out on the farm or slurry or dung or any kind of uh, organic manures. So the minimum level is three months and I generally would nearly prefer four months so that you're not getting contamination from the previous application uh, and also that you're, you're, you know that the results are accurate and they reflect your farm rather than uh, a residue of manures that were spread in the previous couple of months. At this time of the year, then, that's generally the ideal time to get it out because there's been a, a window of three to four months since any kind of nutrients were applied to the field. So you're not getting a falsely inflated reading. Christy, if we're looking at a farm and we're looking at taking soil samples on it, where do you go with them soil samples? For? Like, How big an area should you sample? Is there any particular fields or areas to which you take more than one sample in? For somebody starting off doing it in the morning, what's the best approach with that? Okay, I suppose on average, we're looking at getting a sample taken for every five hectares, every 12 and a half acres, five hectares, every 12 and a half acres on the farm. Um, bear in mind, I suppose, first ones that really should be looked at is the silage fields. They're a priority because we need to provide enough winter feed. Um, and then you might soil sample based on soil type. A lot of farms would have different types of soils. Maybe they might have mineral soil, a very light soil, or a peaty soil. So you try and match your samples uh, to the type of soil you have. Um, and also then, uh, as a very great first port of call, will be to make sure that you get your silage fields because they have the highest demand for nutrients and probably the biggest offtakes. So even the management aspect of what that field is used for or maybe how it's been managed previously should also come into it. So if there's an extra sample or two needed, Christy, I'm assuming you'd, you'd advocate that. Absolutely, because it isn't, you know, per acre is not very, very expensive and it pales into significance uh, compared to the cost of fertilizer or indeed the cost of concentrate. 
you know, if we can get a ba- better bang for the book for the money spent on fertilizer, um, it'll it'll reduce the the costs from the point of view of if we can grow more grass, we need less concentrate and we need less uh, silage. And the one thing we have to remember, concentrates have increased also uh, uh, a lot this year. The cost of concentrate is, is is quite high. So by we we still need to grow grass. That that that's still uh, a minimum requirement that we need to grow uh, plenty of grass to offset the cost of additional concentrate. So, like, really what we're trying to do here is get a better picture of it. And just when you mentioned the cost, Chrissy, like, the cost of science sampling is not massive relative to what you get back for it. Oh, it's very, like, relatively speaking, it's small. It's about 50 cent. If you take uh, one sample for five hectares to last four years, you're looking at something of the order 50 cent per acre, uh, which is very, it's a small cost um, over that five-year period of time. So it's 50 cent per acre per year. is very, very low cost. Uh, when you look at it in comparison to the, the amount of money that's going to be spent on fertilizer um, on, on, the, on the farm. And it'll give you a very good picture of, first of all, you know, where maybe remedial work has to be done, but also uh, to give you an indication of how your fertilizer program over the previous years has worked. Um, and the other thing, you know, in this year as well, because fertilizer is expensive, we have to bear in mind that people will find that they could have, 20% of the farm has good levels of P and up to we find up to 27% of samples are high in K. So that provides an opportunity to save some money. So by soil sampling, it might necessarily in all uh, cases increase the cost of fertilizer. By any means, it could be used as an option to save money by not applying fert- expensive P and K onto fields that don't require it. So Chrissy, like... The benefits are fairly obvious with it. So if somebody wanted to go and get the farm soil sample, how do you go about doing it? And maybe just in that, the, take us through the method of actually doing it. Okay, well, there are, there are lots of labs, uh, uh, soil labs around Ireland um, providing uh, soil sampling. Um, your local chagascopists will be able to uh, organise uh, sampling. Um, Again, when the actual sampling has been taken on the farm in the field, you know, you go in a W shape around the farm if you're doing it yourself. A um, couple of important things there, you know, stay away from gateways, avoid dung pads, um, make sure that the probe is pushed fully into the into the ground. That shouldn't be a problem at this time of the year. Soils are, are damp. Uh, and also that the, the, the little funnel at the top is full, so it could take, 14, 15, 20 cores. So the most important thing is that the little box that you get is full for each sample area, each five hectares. Um, if the sample is half full, the box is half full, the, it'll be sent back without, it can't be analyzed. So a couple of things, you know, you wander, you wander in W shape around the field. You, If the probe is not going into the ground fully, you put your boot down uh, and you push it into it and you fill the, the box. You take whatever tw- number of cores it takes to fill that um, box. Very important that you push the probe right down into the, the, the ground. If you only get the top inch or so, you're get, going to get a false reading and um, all the grass doesn't grow on the top inch. So that's 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 important. And get the samples away. The results should be back in a couple of weeks. So it takes a little bit of forward planning um, to make sure that you have your samples back and time to get a look at them before you order fertilizer. So again, it's a good reason to get at that at this stage of the year so we have time to act on it. Look, speaking of acting on, you touched on a number of these aspects already. Addressing some soil fertility issues, Christy, is costly. It'll take time, whereas other ones, we can get a more immediate bang for a buck. When we get them results back, like acting on them results and maybe targeting specific areas of the farm or portions of the farm at one time, 
what's the best approach to do that and where do you start first? Okay, if you have if the samples have gone away and you've identified whether it's a grazing or silage field or whatever, I think the first port of call is to have a look at those samples and pick out the 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 fields that are you know have very good levels of P and K. And as I said before, twenty percent of them are high index four for P, and nearly thirty percent or twenty seven are index four for K. So they don't necessarily need. You could take a holiday P and K holiday this year. Um, look at particularly the silage fields. If we don't have enough winter feed for next winter, that's going to be very expensive to replace that with purchase concentrate. So silage fields are a priority on a grass farm. They're your, your winter wheat crop, your five-ton winter wheat crops. You need to get maximize your first cut silage yields uh, so that you're not going for a second cut or that you're not short of, um, you're not short of uh, winter feed. Um, then maybe looking at the fields that require, if you have a fixed budget, and a lot of people will be in that boat, so if you spent X amount of money last year, you look at where you will spend that same amount of money this year, it'll buy you less fertilizer. You maybe, first of all, you target your silage fields. Uh, you'd look at your existing fields that have high P and K levels. No point in applying P and K on those, take a holiday uh, uh, off those. And then you'd look at your 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 grazing fields at index three and less but target the the fertilizer you're buying to the fields that have the lowest in the indices where the need is greatest by applying the fertilizer to a field that doesn't need it on those index fours it's a complete waste of money yeah so we can make a lot of use so i suppose chris he's very conscious too that it is a snapshot in time that even taken this year depending on how you manage them fields particularly the silage ground or any offtakes that fertility level can change. It's something that's in flux. Kieran, you mentioned indexes change and soil fertility levels changing from year to year. That really happens very rapidly on the silage fields. When we think about it, there's a big offtake of P and K. Everything goes out the field in the in the trailers. That that silage is fed to animals over the winter to produce dung or slurry. So that's the re- rationale behind all of that dung and slurry should be targeted and go back onto the silage fields where it originally originated from. If you keep taking from that silage fields and you start putting slurry uh, on grazing fields that weren't cut, you're going to really knock the K levels in particular on the silage fields. And it's the potash that fills the trailers. So if you depress the K levels uh, in the silage fields, you're going to pull back your silage yield. So remember, where did slurry come from? It came from the animals that ate the silage that came out of the silage fields. If they were out grazing, those fields and they weren't cut for silage, they'd be putting most of the nutrients back out in their dung and urine as they walked around and grazed. But a very, very important target the slurry and dung on the field at, at the fields from where the silage and hay came. And that offtake is often underestimated, Christy. It's often underestimated. There's a huge offtake. We can see it when we get the soil test results back. We can point to the farmer and say that, that, and that is a silage field. It is because the K levels, potash levels have really dropped and they drop so rapidly from year to year. So the most important thing is target the slurry back on and dung and farmer manure back onto the silage fields uh, and hay fields where you, where you produce the winter feed. It probably brings up something else, like how often should you take soil samples on the farm? So for somebody that has done it previously, what kind of a cycle should they enter into to keep a check on the fertility levels? You should be able to get away with an interval of every four years, soil sampling the farm every four years. 
Um, and uh, that, that will give you a good, accurate picture over that period of time. It, it's not necessary to go in and uh, um, spend money on sampling any more frequently than that. So what you're aiming for is taking a sample from five hectares and taking that every four years. And that will give you a very good picture of what's going out on the farm. And the other thing is, if you've taken samples previously, you can compare them and see, well, whatever you're doing, uh, is that uh, is that working on your farm? But I think this year, I think we'll be probably be looking at the soil samples differently. Can we save money on fertilizer by looking at these samples as opposed to in the past looking at and where can we uh, increase the index, index levels? It'll be hard to to ask anybody to try and increase indices this year, we'd look at the samples and say, right, can we save some money here? And on most farms, there will be fields and samples that have adequate P and K that some money can be saved and direct the existing spend to the farms that have the fields that have the greatest requirement, which is the silage fields and the low, low index fields. I suppose the other key thing we can possibly tackle on some of them farms this year, again, Chrissy's the soil pH, the lime is the one thing that hasn't gone up by the same margin. Absolutely. You know, it's soil conditioner. The best money can be spent is spent on lime. It'll, it, you know, if your fields are low in lime or some of them are low in lime, uh, there'll be acidic and there'll be a lot of, there'll be lockup of the existing P and K in the soil. And there's a nice bit of P and K in the soil. By getting the pH corrected, you'll get a release of P and K from the soil and it'll save you having to buy in that fertilizer. Um, the other thing is it takes a bit of time for it to work. So the sooner you get your samples done and your lime applied, the better. Um, and critically with lime, lime is very, very good. And it does a great job on farms where it's needed. Most important, do not spread lime unless you have a soil test indicating that you need to spread lime. Don't presume you need lime. Uh, apply lime on the basis of a soil test result because you can disturb the the balance in, in balance, balance in the soil if you put out lime when it's not needed. And it's a very good investment. It's a terrific investment, lime. And as you say, Kieran, it hasn't increased uh, in price. So it's it's the first port of call for any expenditure on a farm from a fertilizer point of view. Christy, it's definitely something that needs to be put on the to-do list, particularly this year. Look, thank you very much for the information on it. It was good having you on. Thank you, Kieran. Okay, we're going to finish the episode up at this point. Again, I'd like to thank Christy for giving up his time to be with us and highlighting why this is the time of year to take soil samples and how that's the first step towards tackling soil fertility issues on your own farm. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates from our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chocolate Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.